It's hard to imagine a world without music. For over 35,000 years, music has contributed to culture and enhanced our life on Earth. I'm Robin Applewood, producer, musician, DJ, sound engineer, and promoter with over 20 years of experience in the business. I interview other professionals from the Bay Area music scene and beyond. Meet the extraordinary humans that make up this intricate and robust industry. The talented and creative humans that hustle day in and day out to bring sounds to our earbuds and produce the live music experiences that become some of the best moments of our lives. Today I'm with Chris Hoog. He's a founder of Golden Bell Music, a collective that offers a live band DJ hybrid for in-person and virtual events. He's also a band leader of House Call Soul, which has been delivering safe outdoor driveway concerts to neighborhoods in the Bay Area since May. Chris is also a phenomenal musician. He uh, plays baritone sax and um, he DJs and, and, and plays the sax at the same time, which is, uh, if any of you haven't gotten a chance to see that, I highly recommend it. Um, they Golden Bell also does a virtual dance hour, which we will cover in our interview. So please welcome Chris. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Hey, Robin. Good. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, likewise. It's good to hear you. And uh, thanks for that intro. Oh, man, of course. Yeah, so how long have you been playing music? As long as I can remember, really. I mean, I started... My parents started me on, on piano when I was in second grade, um, which I did not fall in love with. And then I picked up a clarinet in fourth grade. Um, likewise, it wasn't something I was super into. And then um, winter break uh, in fifth grade, I decided to switch over to sax and, and kind of picked up a couple years worth of uh, you know backtracking and going back to the basics on, on sax and came to school to band class with the sax instead of a clarinet in January and I've been kind of moving that direction ever since. So that that's really when I fell in love with, with music, I think, is when I first picked up the horn. It seems to be a really good fit for you. <clears throat> Not just um, musically, but also like... Uh, physically <laughs> you're a tall you're a tall guy and you know i've seen uh when i played in uh bicicletas por la paz we had dylan he was the, the baritone sax player in that band and he's kind of a, a smaller guy and it almost looked like the horn was as big as he was and uh when you played it looks a lot more ergonomically sound um yeah you're uh you're a shredder man and i've seen you play in uh multiple groups um afrolicious there was a i saw you at a joshua tree with um what was the the afrobeat group you were playing in uh that was orchestra gold orchestra gold and um yeah man you're just a, a, a you're a badass dude and and i respect you a lot and so i'd love to talk about this house call soul thing because i find it super fascinating um that like this is a way that you've figured out how to um, adapt and continue to provide music for people. And not only that, but um, also to provide employment for the musicians in the Bay and your friends. And, you know, I think that's just kind of a, a theme that I'd like to talk about here, you know, where as far as like Golden Bell and House Call Soul, you really seem to um, be able to provide like an opportunity for musicians to keep working. And I, and I just, I think that's really admirable. And, so I'd love to find out more about House Call Soul and um, where that idea came from and how it's going. And Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think we were all kind of in the same boat earlier this year. Um, you know, the quarantine hit pretty hard back in March. Uh, it seemed like no one was leaving their house for 
for a couple months and it was around May. It was actually on my birthday. Um, my wife organized a little outdoor hang at, a a friend Teddy's house, actually, you know, Teddy. And it was kind of the first time I'd seen people, you know, the first time we've actually like left the house to do something besides go on a hiking trail or something. And yeah, just a handful of musicians set up, set up their instruments in, in front of Teddy's house on their, on the driveway and on, on his yard and on the sidewalk. And, um, you know, we just got to play for the first time with, with people. And, you know, it's just, you know, I, I lit up for the first time in months. Um, I think I saw the same thing happen for other musicians. And then meanwhile, like, um, neighbors started coming out of the woodwork and, you know, pulling up lawn chairs on their, on their front yards to watch. Um, people started dancing in the street again. It was just this beautiful moment. Uh, it seemed like a huge release and it also felt safe. I mean, everything we learned at that time was transmission outdoors is pretty unlikely. Um, especially if you're keeping distance and keeping masked and, um, you know, people were, were doing it responsibly to the point, to the extent that we kind of figured we should do more of this. Um, and so, it, you know, it started for me as just wanting to play music again, um, having that like deep urge, uh, like sort of a craving. I, at that point, was definitely in a bit of a depression and, um, I don't know, just getting to see people and getting to, to, to spend time playing music outside again was, uh, was got, was what got me out of it. And so I put together a crew, some folks I've been playing with before the pandemic hit, um, a couple of folks that wanted to play more with, um, but who were always, you know, on tour or busy. And we just started playing. Um, I put a couple videos up on a, next on a thread on next door um started a, a couple social media you know facebook and instagram ad campaigns and started getting and this was you know the weather was beautiful the summer was just starting to hit um mm-hmm. so you know for a while we we're actually doing like two or three of these a week um just showing up on random people we didn't know's driveways they'd, they'd pay us a guarantee we have a sliding scale, um, trying to make, make it accessible for people who, um, you know, who might not have otherwise had the means while at the same time, you know, we're, we're still professional and touring musicians who, uh, need the work and, and kind of, you know, we want to make sure that the, what we're doing is valued still. So it's somewhere in between those two poles. Um, but yeah, we, we started, touring driveways everywhere from, you know, super local, like just in my neighborhood on next door down to, uh, you know, going up to Santa Rosa and down to San Jose. Um, anyone that wanted us to play, we could make it happen. And yeah, I mean, the winter came, things slowed down quite a bit. Uh, we're, we're definitely not doing three a week anymore, but, um, you know, the ones that we are doing, we, we tend to play like two o'clock or so on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon uh, when the sun's out. And, you know, it's we're lucky we live in California. We, we can actually hang out outside in the winter months. So we're, we're still making it happen. And so, yeah, this is so cool, man. Um, 
I, I bet that people really appreciate it. And, um, and like you said, I mean, as, as a musician myself, who's just itching to play, um, I got to do one jam, I think. And, um, it just, oh my God, I, like you said, lit up and, uh, and all the musicians that it's just, you get into that zone and that flow state and it's something that is like sustains us almost. So what's the general feedback you're getting from well, you do, you did just get a, a write up in what was it? Uh, we uh, we were actually on CBS on the uh, on the evening news on Christmas. They had um, they had found us and and came to one of our shows in San Francisco probably a month ago now. And then uh, I'd forgotten about it, but I guess they pulled through enough footage to 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 do a little story on us, which is really sweet to see. I mean, that's so rad. So it looks like you are getting like the reflection from the public that this is um, something that people want and need. Yeah, I think so. I mean, doing these shows kind of makes me feel like, you know, this is why music was created in the first place. I mean, it's just communities gathering together, moving their bodies. It's not about touring and making a ton of money or... Um, getting seen on some trending playlist. It's just about making music and making people feel again and, and, and doing so for your immediate community. And I think that's what people are responding to. It's, um, you know, we've heard people say that they've seen more of their neighbors through some of the shows we've put on and also just through the pandemic, you know, people are going on walks and saying hi to each other. It's bringing people together in some ways, um, which I find really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, the the response has been beautiful. I mean, we have people who kind of hear us playing from a few blocks away and, and dance on over like they haven't heard music since, you know, the beginning of the year. And um, yeah, it just feels really nice to be a part of that. And so is this something that you have seen happen in other parts of the country or um, like have you like coached people on, on how to do this for themselves. Um, I know that like, there's also, you're very responsible, like as far as getting on the mic and telling people to socially distance and, and, you know, to wear masks. And so it seems like you're really kind of enforcing uh, safety guidelines. And so is there some kind of like a, I don't know, like a format that you've been able to share with others to empower them to do the same thing you're doing? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I'm, I'm, wanting to do this interview in the first place. We're not doing anything special. I mean, people have played music outside and I definitely don't want to have a, a monopoly on, on, on bringing music to people in their driveways. I, I think, um, yeah, I've seen a couple websites pop up. Uh, I think some, somebody started one in Colorado called curbside concerts. Um, but really, you know, what we've done is put together a crew of amazing musicians. That's one of the things I'm, I'm most grateful for is uh, because no one is on tour, I'm, I'm getting to play with musicians that I, I really have gotten to grow from and learn from, which has been uh, a real treat for me. But there's also, you know, we, we didn't have a band before this. We didn't have a following. Um, so we've been leaning on, on my Facebook and Instagram ads more than anything else, which has been working, but I definitely would encourage bands, you know, local or otherwise who, who do have a following to, to do a similar thing and reach out to their fan base and, um, and, and put these kinds of shows on when, 
when it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, your, your point is, is super valid. I, I think when you're doing these, it's, you have a huge responsibility. You're, you're sort of hosting an event um, in a really, you know, uncertain and scary time. Um, and so there, there are rules that we, you know, ground rules and agreements that we have um, that I would really hope to see everyone put in place if, if we are going to be doing these sorts of shows. And a big part of it is just communication. You know, we, when we start a show, we remind people to, to keep their masks on, to keep distance. Um, as the show goes on, you know, we'll typically see people kind of strolling over, neighbors will come outside, and, and so we keep those reminders up. And I think you just have to be ready and willing to, to pull the plug if, if, if you can't keep things under control. We've never had to do that, luckily, but... Um, any close calls? Yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't actually had any close calls, and I think we just happen to be playing in areas that, that have been pretty conscious. Um, you know, we're playing in, like, Berkeley and um, San Francisco. I just think people have been relatively cautious and conscious around here so we haven't really had any any close calls but um yeah i mean i could imagine a scenario where somebody starts playing some fun upbeat funky music in the street and then you've accidentally started a, a rager and and you you can't control it so I, I think that's that's the that's the fear and that's just what you want to be planning for is um, how to make sure something like that doesn't happen it's kind of the first time in our musical careers that we've ever had this problem of trying not to draw a crowd right everything we've been trained <laughs> to do for our entire lives yeah. has been how do you draw a crowd how do you bring in the most people it is a little bit of a catch-22 isn't it <laughs> yeah so we we keep all of our shows unannounced i don't i don't even really tell friends where we're playing um we don't have a we don't have a calendar it's it's private shows we're you know in people's driveways or backyards or decks and if there are neighbors that stumble upon it, it's kind of a bonus and it's a treat for them. And, and, and for us, we get to collect some more tips when that happens, but it's definitely not the, it's not the goal. I think the goal is, is really to have these semi-private shows with small, a small crew of people watching and, and that's been working well for us. And so where do you see this going? Like as, um, as things start to open up again and vaccines are distributed and, um, you know, we, some, you know, as I say, semblance of normal returns, like what do you see yourself continuing to do these and larger capacity or is it just kind of a temporary like band aid? Oh no. I mean, I, I've had some of the most meaningful musical experiences that I've ever had through, through some of these shows. I mean, you know, I sure I miss the fun like festival hits, the late night parties, the the clubs. Um, but on those tours and on those shows, I mean, a lot of the times we're, we're playing for a particular demographic of people. Um, whereas since May, we've been playing for you know two year olds and ninety year olds and everywhere in between and, and <laughs> all sorts of different neighborhoods and meeting people I would never would have interacted with before. Um, and I, man, I, I really, I feel for our friends and the, the, the music venues who are struggling right now. And, um, I'm excited for all that to open back up again, but you know, I, I definitely don't miss, 
I don't miss having to play music so that a venue can sell enough booze to make money. Like that's, that's one thing I always hated about the industry is that our, our job as a musician is sort of to be a liquor salesman. Um, whereas here we're, we're getting communities to, to pay, you know, non-trivial sum of money to have musicians come and play music. They're, they're, they're paying for live music. Um, they're not paying to be in a social space or, you know, they're not paying for drinks. They're, they're paying for the music, which feels really special. Um, and I, yeah, that means a lot to me. I, I want to keep doing this even, even when things do go back to normal. Um, I'm curious to see what the demand will be like, but yeah, there's no, there's no middleman. There's no, we're not having to pay a promoter's salary or, um, a security or, yeah, the liquor, liquor and alcohol companies. So, you know, I'm, I'd like to do both. Uh, I want to see these venues open back up and I want to support them and I want to go back to normal, but at the same time, I, I love what we're doing and I want to keep doing it. You know, that's been a, a common theme through all, all these podcasts. Everyone I've talked to, there's been something that they've, some way that they've adapted. And I gotta, I gotta say, man, like, musicians are definitely a resilient bunch. <laughs> it's, it's super impressive. And, you know, the way that people have kind of adapted is not like ideal, you know, to, you know, and this is the general feedback I get. It's like, yeah, this isn't ideal, but I can see myself like adding this to, to my offerings or adding this to my tool belt or, you know, um, carrying this on, you know, and, and, and people have really kind of made a shift as far as, um, in certain ways that they've had to adapt, they've shifted themselves and it's, it might actually end up being like kind of a bonus coming out of this. And so it's really, I think I find it really fascinating, this whole idea of like uh, taking things back to like the bare basics, like the, just the community. And it feels very like primal and tribal and organic and, um, hearing you, you know, I'm just kind of imagining a scene where there's a neighborhood that kind of neighbors are, are like seeing each other. They haven't seen each other in a while or maybe even meeting each other for the first time, because that's a, a funny thing about our society is that, you know, in a lot of these neighborhoods, um, people haven't even like met yet. And so you're actually giving people an opportunity to meet each other in their very own little corner of the world. Um, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think that it has been really interesting to see people adapt like this and, um, I think you're right. There, there's a lot that we're going to take away from how we've adapted and, and the things that we've kind of seen come out of this that will, that will carry on, you know, once everyone's, once we're moving on and moving forward. Um, I think, you know, I th you've, I've seen you on some virtual events. It's been a, a big shift as well. Um, that that's a perfect segue because, um, you were doing, um, through golden bell with, along with will we're doing, um, corporate and, and private events, um, where there would be a DJ matched with horn players. And oftentimes, you know, where there would be a drummer and also, or maybe even a full, full blown brass band. And so you did that had this beautiful hybrid of, um, bringing musicians and DJs together and offering uh, like a, a, you know, a unique musical experience. And, um, I know, you know, as, as I have like lost, um, 
pretty much all of my gigs through 2020 and most of 2021, you guys started doing a virtual uh, dance hour. And, and that's one of the ways that your company has adapted. Um, and, and I've attended a couple of those and they're really fun. And so tell me about that experience. Yeah, that, that's been, that's been a, you know, a big shift on our end as well. And just, you know, we're in the, I know you do all this sort of work too. We're kind of in the same boat here. We, we went from you know, one day to the next, having all, all of our income kind of questionable, um, whether or not it was going to come through, you know, all the weddings, all the, um, conferences, all the in-person events that we were booked for, for the year basically got wiped off the calendar. Um, and so, Pretty much, yeah, I think it was in, in March, pretty early on, um, Will and I, I run Golden Bell with, with Will, who's also a mutual friend of ours. Um, we we started testing out these these virtual dance parties on Zoom. Uh, we reached out to our friends and community and, and you know, former clients uh, to just let them know we were doing this weekly party, donation-based. Um, a similar thing, this live DJ hybrid, um, except we couldn't have more than one musician in a room together. So it would typically it'd be, you know, one of us DJing and playing horn and then, and handing it off to another person. Um, and it was interesting the first couple of months we had a pretty steady following. Um, you know, we'd have between 50 and 80 people join some of these zoom parties. Um, and I think for us, it was a, that was just a, a proof of concept. Uh, it was nice to, you know, it was nice to be able to, to, to give people music and, and have that experience early on. Um, and I think what we learned is that, you know, zoom fatigue hit, hit pretty strong for a lot of people. So, um, I think that initial traction just for kind of a weekly community party on zoom, didn't really live on, um, but it got us really good at understanding the constraints and the technology and, and kind of building this offering. Um, and so we're still doing the weekly party. We're actually doing one tonight as well. And we have regulars and they've kind of become like our, our quarantine family. Actually, it's really cool. It's not, not huge numbers like when we started, but it's, it feels like a, like a community. It's, it's been really nice to keep that going. Um, but what we kind of took from that was, um, translating that into a corporate offering. So, uh, that's what Golden Bell has been up to since, since March and April is offering these, these virtual dance parties or musical experiences, um, and entertainment for, uh, corporate teams for birthday parties for, um, just kind of, you know, reasons for people to celebrate. We did a bunch of holiday parties back in December for corporate clients. And, um, yeah, we've kind of, we've learned how to keep people, how to keep these things fun. And, um, it's everything from, you know, doing what we've been doing for years, playing music and DJing to, running sort of virtual game shows and, uh, trivia games and bingo, uh, <laughs> emceeing and kind of keeping people engaged and laughing. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a new skill that we're, we're having to flex, but, um, <laughs> nicely done. Thanks. There you go. That's the, that's the musician adapting right there. Classic. But my point earlier is that I think that a lot of this stuff, you know, while we're all so excited for in-person events to come back, I think that there will be an element of, um, of these virtual experiences that, that will kind of translate moving on. I think that honestly, I hope that conferences won't, won't require everybody from all around the world flying to one place. Like you could have a, you could have a local conference and have people show up and then also have people show up virtually. And, um, you know, we've, we've done a few virtual weddings, uh, with golden bell and, um, we've done a couple hybrids where we've shown up in somebody's backyard and they had, you know, their immediate family in their pod and then everybody else kind of zoomed in. Um, and I do see that as being something that will carry on, you know, we'll, we'll still show up to a wedding and do our thing, but maybe the guest count is 20 instead of 200 for, for the next year. And we're kind of working with people, you know, at a distance and masked in person. And then also kind of doing the same thing on zoom as we're doing. Um, and then once, once there isn't a pandemic, I I can kind of see the same thing. Um, you have most people showing up to a wedding, but maybe your grandparent who can't travel gets to zoom in. And so you have everything on, on a, sort of a virtual platform as well. So fascinating. So, that, so, so you also see this as something that's going to carry over as well then. Oh, for sure. In one way or another. It's the, it's a different world, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, we're in it. What do you miss the most? Man, I think, I've definitely learned a lot about myself through this. What I miss the most is just making music with people and mm. being on stage with people. I've I found I actually don't really miss, you know, the hundreds or thousands of people cheering or the like the green room hangs. I just miss being on stage with people and um, making music and improvising and um, that's a big part of why I started doing these house calls and we've been able to do some of that, but you know, just showing up to a music festival and getting to sit in with a band you've never played with before or doing something in the moment um, that wouldn't happen anywhere else. There's all that, all those serendipitous moments of just a bunch of musicians and artists kind of being in the same place at the same time. I think we're missing out on, we were talking about before about how um, there is going to be um, a wave of enthusiasm for music and events and gatherings again, you know, and I just think that when that happens, it's going to be beautiful. And you're also going to have these new um, skills and these new adaptations that you've, uh, you know, kind of been forced to almost um, to embrace through this and, um, and so, yeah, to be able to look back in the future and say, like, it was like a win-win, <laughs> it's very, uh, you know, it's fun to think about. Um, I'm sure other people out there maybe are having a harder time adapting and figuring things out, but I hope they get some inspiration from this conversation. And I wonder if you, if someone is listening, it's like, oh, I want to do something like that. Or, you know, if someone is feeling inspired, like, do you have any um, extra tips or takeaways or 
you know, uh, watch out for this, um, anything that you've learned through this that might be able to help, help someone out who's, um, wanting to go out and put their musical adaptation to use right now? It's a good question. I mean, I think, like I mentioned earlier, we're, we're with house call. We're just, we're setting up and playing music outside. I don't, I really don't think we're doing anything all that new or innovative. And, and I think maybe that's a part of it is like, you don't have to, don't have to innovate too much. Maybe we just have to go backwards and, and just do what we're doing, why we're doing it in the first place. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think we talked a lot about the, the things to watch out for and, you know, warnings around making sure these events are safe. That's if, if we are kind of getting people to do more of this, I, I, I would want to make sure that's part of the message. Um, and when we're super locked down, like we haven't been doing house calls this month, um, just cause there's, you know, people are more cautious and I think seeing where the, the hospital beds and vacancies are looking and every, everyone's just really concerned. And so we're kind of on the same page there. So just making sure that what you're doing is, is safe is something I want to make sure is resonant from this call. But yeah, in terms of how to make it happen, I mean, I think we got lucky with, with, with social media marketing. Um, cause we, you know, I started it pretty early, but again, we, we didn't have a following. I, I do think that it'd be, um, a lot more straightforward for, for people who are listening to this call, who have a fan base, who had a band to do this with, who, you know, everyone's kind of local and in the same place. That's, um, if you know how to reach out to your fan base, I think that's a place to start. You know, my, the main project I was touring with before all this Afrolicious, I, I, um, that's kind of what I was thinking about when you said, what do you miss the most? I really just miss getting to, to jam and play and, and improvise with those guys. And, and the tough part has been, we're all in different places from, you know, spread out from the Bay area and LA and, uh, now Nevada city. So we haven't been able to do these. Um, but yeah, if you've got a crew that's local and all in the same place and you can kind of put these shows on safely, I think, that would be the easiest place to start is just reach out to your fan base and ask for, ask for patronage from, from people who, who love your music already and want to support live music. Um, and that's kind of been the anchor from, from all of our messaging is that, yeah, we're, we're, we're providing a service and people really love it, but it's also, I think people have felt really good about spending their money on this. Um, you know, it's going to, musicians and artists who are otherwise out of work. Um, and it's coming from, you know, maybe your, maybe your, your 2020 and 2021 music concert budget has a little room to, a little stretch room right now because you didn't, you didn't spend it on the festivals all summer. And so, um, I think, you know, I've had a lot of people mention that like, yeah, I probably would have spent, you know, 40 bucks a week on shows anyway. So, so hosting one of these events, it doesn't seem like a, a, a big of a stretch. Yeah. People are awesome. Well, I, I'm really inspired, man. And I, and I love the idea of just like focusing on, um, like kind of bringing everything back to the why. And, um, I think that's a huge takeaway 
for me in this conversation and, and hopefully for our listeners is just remembering like the why in what we do. And, um, myself, it's something that I find that I'm always kind of coming back to. And as I think as long as we can kind of connect to that, why it really keeps us going. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think any of us got into music so that we could make a bunch of money and it wouldn't have been a wise choice. And I definitely didn't start doing these house calls because I I wanted to make a bunch of money. It was because, you know, we we got a glimpse of it playing outside of Teddy's house and it was just, it kind of woke me up and, um, I think it's, yeah, just getting to play music again as musicians. I mean, that's what we need to do. So yeah, I think for anyone and, and anyone listening, it's just figure out what it is you love and try to do more of it. And it sounds super cliche, but that's, it's kind of what, what birthed this project. Oh, thank you so much for, um, for, you know, continuing to provide music for people and bringing musicians together and, um, doing it responsibly. And, um, thanks for making the time today. And so for anyone listening out there, that's interested in finding out more about golden bell, um, goldenbellmusic.com. Um, and, and so how, if someone doesn't have a, uh, the zoom fatigue yet, how would they, um, uh, get involved in the, the virtual dance hours, Chris? Yeah, you just you can find out about the club at goldenbellmusic.com. Um we're we're doing this every Thursday from 8 to 9 p.m. Pacific time. Um and you can get a little bit of a taste of what that what those private events will feel like if you're um you're looking to host a birthday party or have a corporate event or something that needs to happen this year. Awesome. And also for anyone who's interested in finding out more about House Call Soul, um, housecallsoul.com. It's that easy. And uh, I'm with Chris Hoog, and I really appreciate your time today, man, and uh, really wish you the best and keep playing music, my friend. And and I look forward to uh, jamming with you again sometime in the future and continuing this whole uh, journey as hopefully we, uh, we get to experience more getting together in the near future. Likewise, I'm looking forward to it, Robin. And so we're going to take this episode out with a track called Sweet Thing from Afrolicious's album of Quarantine Sessions that dropped last month. Chris is on tenor sax here, something he asked me to mention since I gave his baritone some love earlier in the podcast. Peace and love, y'all. Until that day, until that day that we can see.